Welcome on into the podcast. I'm Brett. I'm Dorian. And this is our Thursday throwback. We're starting our Star Wars series, A New Hope. Dorian, what do you think about this? It's really good. All right. Well, that's our podcast. That's it. So th- thank you all for uh, listening. You can reach us out on Twitter at You Heard Nerds, our Patreon at You Heard With Nerds. Yep. Just kidding. <laughs> We're just kidding. But that is that does sum up the the podcast i mean pretty much i mean it's real good yeah it's real good real real good um so yeah for those of you who uh are listening to all these kind of consecutively we'll kind of go through why we chose to start with a new hope Mm -hmm. okay so i i was reading different ways to watch different interesting ways to watch the series and so uh, one of them that stood out to me was I can't remember the name of it, but basically it goes episode four because mm-hmm. that's I mean that's essentially where it, it all started. Yep. Uh, episode four, episode five because we get the re- we get the reveal of Vader. Yep. Uh, Who being he Luke's is father. And, and what he's about. Then we go back to his story. So we're gonna go four five. Then we're gonna go one two three. Mm-hmm. Then we're gonna go six and then seven eight nine. Yep. Which we probably won't do a throwback on episode nine just because. We did a deep dive on it before, so if you want to get our opinions on that, uh, just go over and check that episode out again if you want kind of the full run. We might just do like a wrap-up episode or something like that maybe to kind of talk through like what we thought overall and mention episode nine. Yeah, possibly. I mean, by the by the time... Uh, <laughs> we might, we, we, were, we, we might be Star wars out. Yeah. By the time we record uh, the one for episode nine, I believe it should probably be out on Blu-ray, DVD, and whatnot, so... I think it's uh, already on digital. Is it? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so we can rewatch it and I can see whether or not my opinions stay the same or if it changed. So, yeah, totally. But not going to super crazy depth on it or exactly, anything. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get started. Um, so, I want to talk about uh, just, you know, first impressions of the movie. Not like, not like, okay. So first impression of the movie, like when did you first see this? And mm-hmm. then also from this rewatch, what were your kind of your first impressions rewatching it? So um, tough question to answer here just because I don't I don't know if I can remember specifically when my first time watching this was. I think I watched it uh, it was on it was on TV one time. Uh, my my parents sat me down and said, You need to watch this. I think it was like maybe about four or five. And, uh, I just remember this was the first movie that I was both, both amazed and terrified by at the same <laughs> time, just because I get it th- because there are parts that are pretty intense for a kid. Like, uh, you know, like the sand people or like that part oh, yeah. in the cantina where he uh, cuts the guy's arm off and there's blood, yeah. which, you know, that's the only time there's blood I think in the star Wars universe. Yeah. I've, one one of the one of the few times, yeah, but, from a severed limb at least. Yeah, from a severed limb. Yeah, it's it, like the they didn't make a cauterizing with the lightsaber cannon just quite yet here. No, but yeah, uh, with this rewatch, it's kind of hard to like really like have like a newfound opinion on it because this is a movie I grew up with. It's kind of almost just a way of life. It is what it is. You've just known how it's been for uh, the longest period of time. Uh, but I will say that 90s CGI for the remastered edition, man, George Lucas, yeah, you just left it alone right there. That's my biggest gripe with this whole entire thing was that a- the added CGI just took you out of it at some points. Yeah, I mean, completely. And I, 
I have not watched the original cut of these movies ever. I mean, I've seen, I've watched like, you know, the bits and pieces online in terms of like, you know, what's been changed, what hasn't been changed. But for the most part, I grew up with the remastered editions just because those were the ones that were widely available on VHS when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, for me, I think I'm kind of in the same boat. I honestly can't remember watching this for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do remember every time I was sick, my yeah. parents let me watch, you know, whatever I wanted in my room. Yeah. You know, cause you're, you know, you got the flu or whatever. Yeah, um, it's, your, it's your quarantine zone. It's my quarantine zone. But we had like the little, uh, TV VHS combo. Yeah. Little, no. little tiny ones. Yeah. No, I had that. And I'll put, I would put it like on my, uh. What do you call it? Like your bedside table? Sure, yeah. So I'd set it on there and I'd put... Pl- those were my go-to was the... Lay in bed and just watch Star Wars there. And I did have the original cuts of the movies on VHS. So no. I, I remember years later seeing the CGI and, I'm, and I, I thought it looked good at the time. Well, of course. I was I like, mean, whoa. Yeah. Like when they... I think they might have put out another set of VHSs and a DVD. And I think it was probably around that time, maybe like late '90s, early 2000s, around there somewhere. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. But now <sighs> the real question is, do you still have the VHS? I don't know because if you do, you might. Uh, there might be some uh, money cash to be in made. There. Yeah, yeah. My parents might. I doubt it though. Yeah. I doubt it because I I have I bought them all. I have all, all of them on Blu-ray. Yeah, exactly. But um. Even then, they altered it even oh, further. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I watched it on Disney+, Plus, which I'm not even sure which version that is. That is, I think, the Blu-ray version. Is it? I'm, I'm pretty it, sure Because the graphics it look horrible. Yeah. No, that is, I believe that is the... Yeah, they the, just need to cut it out, honestly. Disney, please heed our, our call and just cut out the CGI. It doesn't add anything to the movie. Well, I mean... It just elongates some scenes that are already there. Well, I mean, the thing is, is like Disney+, Plus has had does have the issue of you know their subscribership or membership uh dwindling you put the original cuts of the of the trilogy of the first trilogy on there you you get like you see a bump in numbers for sure probably yeah yeah but uh you know uh, I just remember as a kid watching them and I was so used to the nineties TV shows mm-hmm. that the visual effects was really kind of similar. Like, yeah, it wasn't like, it was really cutting edge for the seventies, obviously. Yeah. But I was still into it because I was like, wow, this is cool. Like it holds up. And it was the, you know, mid nineties at that point, probably when I first watched them. Yeah. Um, but I just remember like even my rewatching of this, obviously, it hasn't changed my mind on it. No. Uh, as far as rankings go, I had ranked this in our in our Rise of Skywalker episode at number two. Yeah. And it's staying there until we rewatch Empire because you got I got I got a, I haven't seen Empire in a while, and so I want to rewatch that to make sure it stays there. It might go to number one because this is a airtight movie. No, I mean for for the most part. For yeah, for the most part, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, sure, there are some scenes that you could probably do you know, pull out of it. But at the same time, it's world building, especially considering how this is the first movie you have to have world building for like this whole new universe that you're yeah. introducing to the audience. Yeah. And I think the foresight that George had was just insane knowing what he wanted to do. And we probably got a way grander product than he ever thought of delivering. Yeah, no, I, 
But talking about the Clone Wars from the get go, mm-hmm. yeah, with that uh, conversation with Obi Wan here, and yeah, and just, even Leia talked about it. Yep. You know? yep, exactly. Um, and so, <clears throat> just that whole thing, like bringing up things that have already happened, and then having the inside of of like you know, as a kid, I was really confused watching this movie, like Episode Wh- Four. Why is that? Uh, they talk about a lot of stuff like the Clone Wars, oh, like other things. Stuff you're that like, doesn't I happen no, on screen. Like no, you're yeah. like, I have no idea what the heck they're talking about. Yeah. I feel like I should. Yeah, they reference stuff that you know hasn't even been explored yet. Right, or, and so I was just confused as a kid, or like why Vader was on the, you know, their ship, and what was he looking for, and what is this thing, and yeah. So I was all really confused by that and didn't really figure it out until I was older. But man, hats off to George for being just a ahead of time knowing at least that he'd involve the clone wars and what that meant. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I have in my, our notes that even a step further than that, like when, um, he's, uh, Luke is talking to uncle Owen and Amperu over the blue milk here and all that. Oh yeah. Um, he, he mentions Obi-Wan saying like, yeah, this droid's looking for Obi-Wan. Like, you know anything about that? And they have that look where they're like, Oh no, he's starting to figure things out. It's like, my gosh, the amount of foresight you have to have on that to like really like, you know, say like, okay, these guys know something <laughs> mm-hmm. and they don't want him to know about it here. So, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that those were like my first impression and first impressions of the rewatch was just, it just holds up. It's so good. Like, yeah, I mean, it was really hard. Uh, like timing of stuff was different for me because I remember as a kid, I always felt like Obi-Wan left the movie really early, mm. but we were an hour and a half in when, before he died. Yeah. And so there's only about 30 minutes left of the movie. Yeah. And so for, as a kid, I just remember it being feeling like it was really soon. Yeah. I don't know if that was because I really liked the first hour and a half and didn't care for like that little part, like where it goes from, from, uh, from the Mom- death star to, uh, like the rebel base, I didn't care about that stuff. I didn't. I didn't care until they got in their their oh, X wings and, and started, started flying, flying around. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, yeah. No. Well, and maybe you were thinking that it as the trilogy as a whole here. Yeah, possibly. But, yeah, probably. Yeah, but you know. Um, so let's just talk about the rewatch. Yeah, um, because. Like there's a there's a lot there's a lot to like read kind of like not rediscover but just to refeel through the experience like okay mm-hmm. as a kid you know the whole nostalgia thing coming up but um yeah what did you think about it so I think this may be the most ambitious movie ever made like that's one of the thoughts I had during the rewatch just because you kind of have to figure like uh, more ambitious than Batman versus Superman yes oh yep I would say so. Okay. Uh, reason being is just because um, I don't know if you've watched that uh, documentary that they have about the making of the first three yeah. movies, the yeah, Empire Dreams. Yep. Basically, kind of talking about like what movies were like at the time, what was kind of accepted, and you know, basically like the how like they had to get this movie made, all the hoops they had to jump through, um, you know, just everything about it. It's like. And just like, you know, trying to like introduce an entire new world that's completely separate from, uh, you know, our world here. I mean, during that time, I think was pretty much unprecedented in terms of like, you know, actually doing it like really well or really successfully Mm -hmm. here. 
on like a live action big screen. Um, no, I think uh, I think the fact that you know with all the trouble that was going on behind the scene with this movie, it's a miracle that it turned out as good as it did here. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and I also think this is probably the most weird Star Wars movie out of the Star Wars movies, just because. This is what I think they were kind of trying to play with the idea of like, okay, what is actually Star Wars? And there's like weird stuff that you don't see really pop up ever again. Like, you know, you have like the cantina scene where it's like really weird. I mean, they kind of did do that in uh, Force Awakens where they had like, you know, a whole bunch of aliens running around and stuff. But Mandalorian too. Yeah, yeah Mandalorian too. But, uh, you know, there's, there's literally a monster in the trash compactor out just nowhere in space here. Like somebody had to like put that thing down there or it had to like smuggle itself aboard, like the construction of the death star. It's just like, who thinks of that? Yeah. I mean, it could eat the garbage. I don't know. Like, but then what's the, what's the point of the trash compact? Well, it just compacts it. It doesn't like get rid of it. Well, sure. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe I, then I feel he like it out. Then they just flush feel, the whole thing. I feel I like know. you would kill the monster too. Probably. Uh, it depends. I mean, how how like tight are you getting it? Yeah. yeah but or yeah, where did the monster come from? Was it like a little space barnacle? Or does it then... have like a little tunnel it escapes to right, or something? Right. Yeah. yeah. Was it someone's pet that got loose? I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? It but... was really weird. I mean, and and that scene that scene is different. I don't think it's different for Star Wars, but like they're already like in trouble. Yeah. And then there's just like, like, so they get in there and then like that things they're pulling Luke down and then the walls start coming in. I'm like, you probably could have cut the whole. Yeah. Trash like, compactor monster. Out yeah. Of and yeah. just had in the walls closing in. Cause that's way more dangerous than some little mo- monster pulling you under, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's still dangerous, it's but still, still dangerous. But I mean, like, you know, Luke was the only one that was actually going to get like, you know, killed at that point. And plus, you know, you can solve that monster problem with a blaster versus like the walls closing on. Yeah. Not so much. much, Yeah. yeah. So, but, uh, another thing that's, you know, kind of weird and out there was like the sand crawler scene where, uh, at the beginning of the movie, like when you're like inside of it Mm -hmm. and you're seeing like all the droids around, it's a very like 70s sci-fi vibe. Oh, big time. Yeah. 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 Definitely shot differently from the rest of the movie. Yeah. But, um, I liked it. Uh, I thought it was interesting when you pulled that up just a second ago when you showed me the tall Jawas. Yeah, there are tall, uh, tall normal, ja- Jawas. Yeah, normal sized Jawas. Yeah, that are in the in, movie. In the movie, they're like just about as tall as C three PO here. Yeah, which I'm not even sure how tall is Anthony Daniels because I don't think he's super tall. I don't think he's super tall. I think he's probably like I don't know, maybe like five ten, maybe somewhere around there, maybe five eight. I don't know, but. I, I I'd have to look up those stats, but, but no, I mean, but long story short, like, you know, average size, human size. Here, yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think that rewatching this just again, instilled appreciation in me. I just, I liked the movie a lot and it was just kind of like, you know, reaffirming where I placed it on my list. Yeah. I guess. But it's your favorite, isn't it? Of yeah. The Star no, Wars it, it is number one in uh, my book just because I mean, I just, I mean, well, I'll, I'll talk about it like, you know, probably in our final thoughts, but I mean, it's just, it's a classic among classics here. You, I mean, yeah. I mean, it was a phenomenon for the most part. Oh, absolutely. People standing in line for forever just to watch it over and over again. I mean, you could probably release 
it today. Maybe even like you know, like in theaters, like do a re-release. Did they, they ever do like a 3D release or something? I can't they remember. They did for the prequels. Okay, here. and then like. The 3D train kind of came and went, then I think they just stopped at, like, Attack of the Clones, I want to say, somewhere around there. Okay. But, no, I mean, I think if you uh, if you played that, like, you know, every once in a while, even if it's, like, one of the shoddy, uh, you know, remastered editions with the bad CGI and all that, people would still go see it. Now, if you do the uh, original VHS or the original theatrical cut... That'd be cool. Yeah, that, that would uh, that would that'd bring everybody to the yard. Yeah. I mean the the first thing like like for for the rewatch I just remember I remember more all the parts that were added versus the movie itself. So all the yeah. elongated scenes with CGI. Yeah, the Jabba the, scene. The background. Yeah, the Jabba scene, yeah, which, which Jabba does not get introduced till Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and you also see Boba Fett in that scene too here. And we, oh Wait, yeah. what? Yeah, no, he's in that scene. Oh, man, I missed that. I don't yeah, know. he is in that scene. I was, Weird. And, yeah, which was, like, because, again, I grew up with that edition here. So I always thought, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I know who they're talking about when, in, like, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, Boba. About, like, well, Boba and Jabba. And so, like, by the time you get to Return of the Jedi, it's like, okay, yeah, I already know who these people are. I got, like, you know, an idea what they're about here and all that. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. But yeah. it was just weird that seeing it i was just like oh that's interesting and i think when they originally shot at least this was in the making yeah when they originally shot the scene it was a human yeah no jabba was not an alien yeah no jabba was supposed to be just this uh this just a human that was just uh basically crime lord and that was pretty much all there was to it he wasn't like a slug that you know rolled around and just you know had that laugh or anything like that so adding on to what we're talking about now, why do we think this movie became an instant classic? So I think it made sci-fi more mainstream. I know Star Trek came before that and it, you know, kind of reintroduced like, you know, I would say sci-fi to, you know, a more mainstream audience. But I think this one was like, uh, this gave uh, the people who weren't into Star Trek, a sci-fi thing that they could appreciate. And it's like widely appreciated. Like, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'd, I, it's, I think pretty unprecedented, like the amount of success that Star Wars had in terms of like bringing sci-fi to a new audience here. Um, well, I think it's even different from Star Trek because Star Trek is straight up sci-fi. Yeah. This is well, like, this is space fantasy. Yeah. Space fantasy. Yeah. yeah. But, but it, I think one of the things that it does do differently uh, in comparison to Star Trek, just because even though like those, these two uh, franchises are really different from each other. Yeah, super different. Uh, they take they, place in they, space. That's they, about the yeah, only similarity. They get compared a lot here, and you know, but I think they uh, they don't do like a whole bunch of like you know science lingo, like because Star right. Trek that's like ninety percent of the conversation here. Mm-hmm. But no, it takes like it's a space fantasy. It takes you know fantasy elements that you would find. Like in, uh, you know, like a fairy tale or even like, you know, in, uh, you know, tales of like knights and all that. And there's, a, there's a magic system. Yeah. Essentially. There, yeah. There's like, you know, space wizards and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it takes those fancy elements and puts it in a movie about spaceships and lasers here. You have a princess and royalty and all that business. Yeah. You, ha- you have laser swords. Laser swords. Yeah. Uh, and I think it redefines. Oh. oh, sorry. I was going to say that reminds me of episode one. <laughs> 
when Anakin goes, yeah, I saw your laser sword. I'm like, that's the only time in Star Wars it's referred to as a laser sword and not a lightsaber. I think... I think... Uh, He's talking to Qui-Gon when he sees it on him. I, I'm pretty sure he says lightsaber. But no, he doesn't. Does he not? 100% guarantee he doesn't. Okay, we'll have to, we'll have to debunk this a little bit later. But yeah. I know in uh, Last Jedi... Uh, Luke Skywalker does say like, what do you think was going to happen? I, you were going to come get me and I was going to go out there with a laser sword or something like that and like fight off the bad guys. Hmm. So, but anyhow, uh, but no, I think this movie redefined what kind of movies you can make because it showed that there is an audience for escapism because most of the movies that were coming out during that time, you know, we're grounded in reality some way, shape, or form, or yeah. have ties to the modern day world here. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I haven't watched a ton of seventies movies except for this one, really. Yeah. No, exactly. Well, I mean, and there's probably a reason for that because they don't know, hold up. Yeah, exactly. But no saying. And it pioneered visual effects in movies. I, I mean, agree. Yeah. You know, they were doing stuff that nobody else was really doing at that time. And you know, it effectively build the Star Wars universe, which is like, that's a, that's a big feat. That's a really big feat when you really uh, think about it, because I mean, we take it for granted just because Star Wars is so ingrained into just like nerd culture and just culture in general, culture in general. Exactly. So it's like, you know, everybody's like, Oh yeah, that's just Star Wars here. It's like, okay, but you had to like literally go out and like make it Star Wars here. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think one of the things that this movie does really well, it gives you multiple characters to relate to. So like, for example, if you thought Obi-Wan was like just some delusional old guy, just ranting about space magic, you had Han who was like your realist yeah. that you could identify with. If you thought Han was kind of a selfish prick, you had Luke who was like kind of the more traditional moral hero. Yeah, of the totally. Bunch. And then you had a cool princess who wasn't just a princess. Yeah, no, she actually... Diplomat and could use a blaster. Yeah, she she wasn't helpless here. No, exactly. She wasn't the damsel in distress. She was in distress. She was. But um, once she was, you know, freed, yeah, she's she like, could handle her own. She's like, all right, I'm just going to, you know, do some stuff here. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, and for me, uh, yeah, I agree. I think uh, visual effects are legit in this. Um, great cast. Yeah. Fantastic. Perfect cast, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, airtight story and script and like the first big space fantasy epic. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than like, cause they had like the flash, like flash Gordon and stuff like that. They, but they had flash. This Gordon, was like a ne- next level type of thing. But I mean, let's be honest here. Like how many people are watching flash Gordon right yeah, now? I don't know. A couple people. Yeah. How many people are watching star Wars right now? I mean, come on, everyone. I mean, the, the, the difference is night and day. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, speaking on along the lines of that cast, it's really interesting that this is the biggest movie franchise ever made. I mean, I don't think it's even close here. And the fact that really Harrison Ford was like the only one that actually had like an acting career that took off. I mean, you had, uh, Mark Hamill do like a lot of like voice work and all that. But in terms of like actual, like, Hollywood movies. Mm -hmm. He's like really the only one that actually like landed anything beyond that. I mean, yeah, 
I don't, I don't know uh, what stuff that uh, Carrie Fisher was in. I think this is like the biggest thing, though. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's was. other movies. I'm sure there was probably a couple other movies, but I think people just... It was really odd to me, though, that, that yeah, that was kind of the only way it went. And then I didn't even know this until I was older, but, you know, Mark Hamill was a big part of my childhood, not only as Luke, but as the Joker yeah, from Batman, Batman the Animated Series. series. Yeah. Oh, and probably like a lot more TV shows. Oh, just a ton. He he voices a lot of people. Like he was Fire Lord Ozai in Avatar: Last Airbender. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, uh, you know, let's talk about the characters a little bit. Um, yeah. obviously, you guys know the characters. I mean, if you're if you don't stop what stop listening to this podcast, just go yeah. watch the dang movie. Yeah. So start with Luke. Luke's you know, obviously he is the the main character for all intents and purposes. Yeah. No. No, he is. Intense and purpose. Uh, you know, he's definitely that classic hero mm-hmm. caricature, uh, farmer turned knight. He has the call to action. He declines the call. He wants to stay home. Well, he, he wants to escape, well, but he doesn't want to go and be a Jedi. After So after the conversation with Obi-Wan, yeah. he's kind of like, I don't know. And then his aunt and uncle are, ki- are killed, which thrusts him into action. He's like, all right, let's go take these guys down. Well, right, yeah. I mean, like, I got nothing left here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he does want to get off the rock. He does, but, but he's kind of like, I'm not going to abandon them, which also talks about his character. You know, he's not going to mm-hmm. abandon his family right? He, because he just wants to go fly around in space. Right, he's he's not, uh, you know, selfish that way. It, it takes, like, him, like, actually having to lose his ties to what keeps him on Tatooine in order to actually, like, you know, be called the action here. Yeah. And I'd say Luke's a very prototypical hero through yeah. most of these movies. Yeah. For the most part. So we get to the, the sequel trilogy and he's not. Well, even, even in like the next two movies, like you re- really start to see Luke wrestle in terms of like, w- like, can I still be a hero at the yeah. end of all of this here? Because, you know, spoiler alert. I mean, you know, there, he does get tempted to the dark side and, you know, there's that part in Return of the Jedi where it seems like he comes pretty dang close to like actually when he's fighting his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. So he yeah, he's a prototypical hero. You know, you could pull him out of any page as far as like, you know, at least from this movie. He's very prototypical. You could literally look yeah. at most forms of literature and find a Luke character. Yeah, he he is the the young hero that has a lot of potential that coming of age, he's becoming a man, you yep, know. Exactly. Uh, wants to follow in his father's footsteps, even though he doesn't know what that means. Yep. At all. Nope. Um, but yeah, and then, uh, you got anything else for Luke? No, that's pretty, I think that's all that really needs to be said about it. I mean, you know, like I said, I think his character arc gets a lot more interesting and, uh, detailed and different once as you get to, you know, uh, episode five and six here. Yeah, and I I liked Luke was probably my favorite character growing up as a kid. Yeah, I mean because he was the closest uh, that you could relate to. Yeah, totally. Was, yeah. Okay, so then we got Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. He's kind of the the like him and the droids are kind of the MacGuffins of this story. Like later on, it's it's Yoda. He's yeah. kind of that, but he's like that crazy old guy that turns out to be magical. You know, like yeah, he's, the the animal on the side of the road. He thinks ordinary. Yeah. I guess you're talking the hero's journey and he has magical powers. Yeah. Or he's the wise, the wise old wizard that he's got to seek out to receive the quest from. Here totally. Right now, yeah. Which is pretty much what he is. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. As far as Obi-Wan, you know, the only thing I really have is that I still think the lightsaber scene's weak. 
oh, where talking, he dies. Oh, like when he's the, fighting the, Vader. The Vader fight. It it is, but uh, I understand it was before the prequels, you know. But having the prequels, yeah. Nowadays, having Episode Three specifically, yeah. Going back and watching this, you're like, what happened? Well, you're really rusty, man. Yeah, you both got, of you, you, you and Vader, you got old, yeah. But um, no, what? And you know, I was a, uh, I was gonna be like, you know. When people talk, you know, smack about this scene, I was kind of on the the side of like, okay, man, calm down. This was the seventies. I didn't have the fancy, uh, you know, CGI and uh, special effects that we have nowadays. Here, you know, it's it's not like you can't you can't judge the film just based on that. But then you look at like the lightsaber fight in uh, Empire Strikes Back, and that's a lot more. Uh, that has a lot more creativity and action yeah. here. So, yeah. I mean, they were trying to figure it out, I guess. But yeah. But honestly, rewatching that scene, it wasn't as bad as I remember. I mostly remember that last part where it's just like Obi Wan like parrying. Oh yeah, the whole and, time. and the and the, the the lightsaber looks really weird. It looks like it's almost turning off at like yeah. in a second here. And I yeah. thought that was what was going on as a kid. I was like, oh no, did he not replace his batteries or something? <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, no, well, and I mean, you know, if you're, if you're in that camp of like, uh, you know, yeah, that, that fight scene's not good. There's that, uh, remastered, uh, mm-hmm. fight scene on YouTube that does a pretty good job of like, I think it's called, uh, yeah. Star Wars reimagined or something I like think that. So yeah. That re that essentially redoes that fight scene. They must've been really passionate about that. I think so. Yeah. Of like, man, this scene really stunk. Yeah. Or not stunk, but it wasn't as good as it as we know it could have been well, now. It, yeah, I mean, and so let's make it better. Yeah, just given like how the prequels are here. Yeah, which I dug. I thought that was really good. Yeah, uh, Han and Chewie. You know, not much to say. You know, he's a scoundrel with a good heart. Mm-hmm. You just think he's a scoundrel for most of the movie because he gets paid and he, you know he leaves essentially. Yeah, and then right when Luke needs him, uh, he's like, "All right, I guess I'll." Yeah. Uh, he's like, Woo! He I, takes him out. I guess I'll I'll clock in for some overtime. Yeah, or, yeah. It was interesting because like you you see him hit like shoot down Vader the, and the other guy. Yeah, and the, that one other ship explodes and Vader's plane just kind of spins out of the way. Well, yeah, because uh, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but so like he shoots the one Tie Fighter, then the the other Tie Fighter is trying to avoid getting shot and it hits Vader's. Uh, I don't remember something like that. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. and then he starts spinning out of control here. Yep. But but he fine. He yeah, wasn't on the Death Star. He he wasn't. Yeah. So worked out just fine. Yep. But no, uh, no. I think Han and Chewie steal the show. I think they are the best characters in this movie here, just because they have like the best dialogue. They have the best, uh, you know, or the most interesting character motivations here, where he's not just like the prototypical, you know, oh, I'm just gonna do this because it's the right thing. He's like, no. Nah, I got to eat. I want to get paid here, you know? And well, yeah. And Luke's conversation with him, like she's a princess. Yeah, exactly. You'll be rich. Exactly. Like Luke's trying to seduce him basically. To oh come yeah. On this mission. Yep. Uh, I do like, I love the character of Han. Yeah. Uh, cause I feel like he's an, he's like more of a, every man, you know, like kind of, yeah, there, he, he is the inner turmoil of most men. I feel like where, yeah, it's like, you like, know, you got to look out like for yourself. Don't get involved. Don't get it. Yeah. But, you also want to do good, you know? Yeah. Deep down you like if, uh, the world was like, you know, at war, well, or, you know, if things were easier or if like things were like, you know, less risk involved or if things weren't such a, 
as much of a hassle, you know, you would type thing. But yeah, no, it's interesting you bring that up because I mean, I think most people growing up watching this, they identify with Luke uh, first and foremost. And then like, you know, as you grow up, you kind of identify more with Han here. Yeah. Yeah. Which he is supposed to be an older character too. But oh yeah. He's like about what? 10 years older. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Chewy's chewy. He's mm-hmm. just cool. Big old pet. That's yeah. what honestly in my head as a kid, I'm like, Oh, that's Han's pet. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because originally they were going to have chewy just have like a British voice mm-hmm. and like not have him like actually just, you know, speak Wookiee or like, you know, have them just like with the growls and all that here. That would have been weird. I feel like, Oh, it was really weird. And because, uh, you, like I said, in that, uh, documentary, uh, empire of dreams, you actually get to see the scene where, uh, you know, Obi-Wan leaves, uh, Luke and he goes, uh, turn off the tractor beam. And he says like the force will be with you always. And then he leaves and the door shuts and Chewie like, uh, you know, goes like, mur, 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 mur. and then, uh, in the the scene in the documentary, Chewie just says in a British voice, "That man's mad." <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, that's what I he, don't remember that. Yeah, that's what he says. I'll, I'll might have to pull it up for you that's later. Funny. Here, but huh. yeah, yeah. And then Leia, she's like the not so classic princess. She's in need of rescuing, but you know she can handle a blaster. So she's not completely inept. She's part of the the gang. She's taking them down. Uh, and you know, she's what originally, like, especially in this movie, she was not originally supposed to be Luke's sister. I mean, really good to know just because otherwise kiss. I got some questions for George. I mean, it was Lucas. a kiss on the cheek though. Well, okay. But I'm talking like, uh, I'm talking like, you know, you get to, uh, you get to empire strikes back that, that kiss on. Okay. Well, even then he, she wasn't supposed to be Luke's sister. Right. They just exactly. said there's another. Right. Exactly. And George originally had planned for it to literally be a whole different character. Oh, really? Yeah, it was never going to be Leia until okay. they got to Return of the, of the Jedi. Interesting. Yeah, and she was going to be integral because they were planning on doing the prequels and then another sequel trilogy. Yeah. And she was going to be a big part of the sequel yeah, trilogy. Yeah, she was going to be the main character of the sequel trilogy, yeah. I think. But Alongside Luke. Yeah, because I think Luke was supposed to go to the dark side in the original sequel trilogy, I think. I don't know, but um, uh, probably not. But I think that... Uh, you know, because Luke was going to be training up a new generation of Jedi. She was going to be like one of the first ones, basically. Right, yeah. Which Leia was. We found that out from uh, episode nine. So that's something good. We did, yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, uh, no. But yeah, that kiss is way different. <laughs> In I mean, but she also kisses Han. Well, she does, yes. But I mean, again, it's like, you know. She's just, you know, mm, she gets around a little bit. Yeah. Just uh, family business. Speaking of family, Vader. Yeah. Classic big bad guy with mysterious powers. I would say the classic bad yeah, guy. Yeah, totally. I mean, because you think of iconic movie villains, your your first uh, thought is probably going to go to Darth Vader. I just, yeah. And especially like the force choke scene, you're like, wait, what? He has powers? Like, how is this working? Yeah, exactly. Well, not to mention, you know, I put this in the, in the show notes, but uh, that uh, force choke scene, during this rewatch, I kind of realized something that this is kind of the equivalent of like uh, Heath Ledger's uh, pencil trick in the dark night, in the Kinda, dark huh? night, where it's something that takes you by surprise, but it also really establishes like the menace and like the gravity of the villain here. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but no, I mean, I mean, obviously, like uh, Vader is 
there's not really too much to really talk about Invader about this movie just because, you know, he just serves the bad guy role, but he has like the past here, you know, he, yeah, he, that you kind of don't know a whole lot about, you know, that Obi-Wan trained him, that Obi-Wan or uh, Vader betrayed him and that he has a grudge to, you know, deal with him with. But yeah, I mean, you don't even know that in this movie. You just, you think Vader killed Anakin who, I mean, you know, Vader was his pupil and went to the dark side, but he killed Luke's dad supposedly. Yeah. Because Obi-Wan is a compulsive liar. He is. But, uh, no, I think, uh, well, yeah, I think, um, well, I'm just really glad they went with James Earl Jones's voice because have you seen the original uh, voice they were going to use for, uh, Darth Vader? Uh, I think I did. Yeah. yeah. It's like a Scottish angry Scottish voice or something like that. And it just, just does not, uh, it's just not the same at all. Let's just put That's it that good. way. Well, Hey, let's go back to Obi-Wan real quick. Cause I forgot to talk about, uh, his compulsive liar. Yeah. Ness. Yeah. Uh, he does not recognize R2 or C3PO. Yeah. According to, yeah. I mean, He's like, I never owned droids. Well, unless, right. I mean, unless like that is just like a plot, a plot hole that was just uh, looked over because of the prequel trilogy or, you know, or maybe he was just straight up lying, but it's like, why would you lie about that? You legitimately have nothing to lose by telling him, Oh yeah, I know these guys. Yeah. I don't know either. Yeah. It just, yeah, he lied about a lot of stuff. I mean, I can understand like lying about uh, Luke's dad just because, yeah. you know, to protect him. Well, protect him. You do also don't want, uh, you also want to make sure that he's not going to be influenced or like wanting to, you know, follow in his dad's footsteps here, you know? All right. So do you want to talk about other movies that led up to this movie. Yeah. So obviously when you do like a spinoff movie or like prequel movies that are set before a certain movie, you have a tendency to like affect like the way the movie is seen or, you know, how create plot holes or something like that. Um, I mean, obviously we talked about like the Obi-Wan plot hole, him not recognizing R2 or C3PO, but you know, um, what, one of the ones that I found was, um, uh, like at the very beginning of the movie, Princess Leia is captured by Darth Vader. And she says like, Oh, I'm on a dipl- diplomatic mission to Alderaan and stuff like that. And it's like, lady, you were literally just seen fleeing the battle of Scarif and rogue one. Right. Here. Yeah. Like, which this happens right after like, that. Could you not t- like, could you tell like a less convincing story? Right. Here? But, but, uh, no, I think, uh, Vader just being, not being whiny like he like Anakin was in the prequels is definitely something that is kind of like a weird plot device because you really never see like Anakin like you know morph out of that completely at episode three because you have him like screaming while screaming no like yeah. in the Vader suit so it's kind of interesting to see that okay you went from that to like you know being like one of the most you know baller movie villains of all time yeah. here. But, um, but, and I, we talked about like, you know, the Obi-Wan fight, uh, with Vader, definitely, definitely a downgrade 
uh, compared to what we got in episode three, because, you know, they're doing a whole bunch of gymnastic flips and, oh, yeah. you know, Spinnings cut, and, 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 and wrecking stuff. And they have to fight on debris and stuff. So, yeah. But uh, another one, uh, Han Solo is uh, more selfish in this movie. Yeah than he is in a uh, solo, which I kind of found really weird because typically like in movies, you know, when a character starts coming around on like, you know, a better moral path, they typically stay there or like, you know, progress more and more towards that because, uh, in solo, he's actually getting involved in like, you know, helping those people out at the end. Yep. Uh, he, and you know, he's doing it not necessarily for like, you know, money or anything like that. And then in this movie, like it literally takes Luke saying like, Hey, we need to save this, uh, princess lady. And he's like, Nope, I'm out. I don't want to deal with it. He's like, uh, she's probably rich, bro. And he's like, all right, well, I guess I'll go do it. Do it for the credits. Yeah. It's way more. It's a regress for sure. But we also don't know what happened to him from solo to then where more bad stuff could happen to him. Made it may possibly made him more jaded. Yeah, because I mean, I don't know what what that's going to be looking like because we're supposed excuse me, we were supposed to get more movies with young Han Solo. I yeah. mean, I don't know what the status is of that, but make Solo two happen. But I, I would ima- I would imagine like uh, maybe uh, what's a uh, what's his girlfriend's name in uh, Solo? Uh, Kiara. Kira. Kira. Yeah, it might have something to do with Kira potentially. Could be. Yeah. yeah. So, but. Yeah, I mean that's what I pretty much got. What about you? Yeah, I just thought like yeah, the the regression of Han Solo was a little interesting. Uh Rogue One explains this movie really well. It does. Sets yeah. it up super well and yeah. makes it uh you know, that much more worth watching as far as the story itself. I mean, it does um uh, deal with the biggest plot hole of this movie that people have been like pointing out for like the longest time, which apparently everybody's a space engineer and know how knows how death stars are built. But they said like, Oh, the exhaust port, that shouldn't be a thing. That shouldn't be like the weak spot or something like that. Like how- her dad designed it. That exactly. Way. So what else you got? Yeah. But so yeah. yeah, it makes sense. And it, it just adds more depth to the story itself. I feel like. Yeah. So if I were to go back already, mm-hmm. I'd probably have us watch. Uh, solo, then Rogue One or something. Yeah, if we 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 just decided to do the mainline movies. Yeah, but if we watch Rogue One going into this, I think it would have been really good. You know, that'd be interesting. That I mean, we probably do have to do like a thr- throwback on Rogue One and Solo, just you know, just for the sake of it. Here. Yeah, yeah. All right, best and favorite quotes. Mm. I mean, what? What line in this movie is not quotable? I feel like the majority. Most of them, yeah. Most yeah, of them the, are. The majority, like pretty much like 90% of this movie is quotable or at least is going to have like a quotable line. Yeah. Uh, a couple I wrote down. So We're Doomed by C-3PO. Yep. Is a classic. Yep. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Yep. Leia. I find your lack of faith disturbing, which yep. I think Vader. I think that might be my favorite out of this one just because it's, me too. it's, ve- it's very fitting for like the context because he's like, talking smack about like, you know, his, uh, his, uh, ancient religion and all that. And then he's like, what you got pretty much. Yeah. And then the classic, uh, Jedi mind trick. You don't need to see his identification. Yeah. These are not the droids you're looking for. Mm Obi-Wan. 
And then Hans classic. I got a bad feeling about this. Uh, another one that uh, I had, I didn't write it down, but Han like when he's in the trash compactor and like the walls are getting really really close. He's like, well, one thing's for sure, we're gonna be a lot thinner here. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, and then like the kind of overshadowing what Luke's gonna do, like when he's like. It's not impossible. I used to bullseye womp rats on my T-16 back home. They're not much bigger than two meters. Whatever that means. Yeah. I don't know. I still don't know what it means. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure other people have dissected that sentence, but I'm not going to. Yeah. And then, and then use the force, Luke. I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah. Run, Luke. Run. Yeah. No, I mean, for like the best parts of this movie, I mean, this is like. the Now whole- that is pod racing. It, but it isn't. Oh, it's not. Yeah. Wrong movie. Sorry. But- uh no i mean for the pretty much for like the most part of this movie like i think like it's just classic and iconic here i mean almost like any frame of this movie you could like show it to somebody say hey what's uh what's this movie from it's like oh yeah that's star wars here you know or but no i think uh just like some specific scenes that i think really stand out to me uh pretty much like the you know, the first couple scenes that you see Obi-Wan. Yeah. Where you get to see him scare off the sand people. He's just making those weird noises. Yeah. He's like, which, which pretty much changes with every edition here. I know. It is weird. Yeah. And then um, you also have uh, him, like, you know, just revealing himself to be Obi-Wan uh, Kenobi because he he's just, uh, what does he go by? Just Ben. Ben Kenobi. Yeah, just Ben Kenobi out, out in the... Which, Luke, how do you not make that... That little link there. Yeah. Last, same last name. Yeah. Obi-Wan, Ben. Close enough. Close enough. But anyhow, so then he goes to, uh, you know, uh, his uh, residence here. And he's telling them all about, like, you know, the Force, the Jedi, and, like, you know, basically. Clone Wars. Yeah, the lore about, like, everything that's been happening here. But uh, another one, uh, the Sand People, when they ambush Luke, that scared the piss out of oh me yeah i was, I was super I, every time i'd always be afraid of that yeah part. and the, yeah no like i just remember that being like okay it's too scary too scary yeah. and then and then afterwards i'm like okay is it over i'm like okay sweet yeah but like pretty much like even like when i got the vhs's like for like i think christmas or my birthday one year i would always fast forward that scene i'm like yeah let's let's, let's i'm gonna pretend i didn't see that yeah <laughs> Yeah, that that is a that is a quite the scene as a child. Yeah, um, and then uh, the trench run at the very end, where they're you know going in the trenches of the Death Star and like uh, flying along it to blow, you know blow it up at the exhaust port, like gives me goosebumps every single time, just because it it just really gets down to the wire in yeah, the very do last die. do or die, very last second. And you have that John Williams score accompanying that oh, yeah. that whole scene. And just how iconic is that score? Super iconic. I mean, I mean I, everyone knows when you hear that that that's what that is yeah, Star Wars. No, like I don't I don't gush about like too many movie scores really to be honest. Harry Potter's another good one. Yeah, I, I yeah, the do 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 yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a pretty solid one, but um uh, but no, I mean this this is like probably as iconic of a movie score as you can get probably. Oh yeah. Yeah. Agreed. 
Uh, yeah, the different tropes in this movie. I mean, it's it's a classic hero's journey, coming of age story. Yeah, that's really what it is. No, it absolutely is. All right, what are your final thoughts on this movie? So, like we mentioned earlier in the show, this is my favorite Star Wars movie. Uh, it's I just loved the world building. I loved the introduction to these iconic characters, and this is a movie that became a template on how to introduce audiences to new worlds. I feel like, you know, I don't think we would have like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings if this movie was not made. Um, I think this probably is the most important movie made period just because of its impact on the movie industry. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I think this movie is like so airtight. It's really hard to critique and that's not really what we're doing. We're just kind of sharing our love of it, I guess. But uh, it may, I mean, like we'll see kind of going through this, how my ratings change, but it may move, jump one just from how airtight that movie actually is. Yeah. Uh, and just be, from the rewatch and being so ingrained in like the sequel trilogy, how much better I feel like this movie is. Right. Because those movies. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's like, yeah, because for the last couple of years, we've been thinking of Star Wars as. Um, essentially the original trilogy with a new coat of paint for the most part. Here. Yeah. And yeah, you know, we're also uh, dealing with clone wars. We dealt with the prequels for a while here. So, I mean, yeah, just going back to this original era. Nah, it's, it's a good time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, kind of looking at next week, we have uh, our episode five mm-hmm. throwback Thursday. Don't miss our Monday nerd news, but I think that's it. We, that's all I got. That's all we got. So thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Check us out on the internets and all that uh, and on Patreon. Have an awesome week. Remember, everyone's a nerd about something.